Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's the very first episode of Double Drama School Dropout 2022. We are back this April to celebrate my birthday. I am turning 24 and I don't know if I'm happy about it, but we are doing two episodes a week like we did last year in April, one every Tuesday on our normal day and one every Saturday. This week it's episode 74 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout and this week I am joined by the absolutely sensational Nick Grease. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Um, nice, nice busy day here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've got to say, though, I can sort of see the weather outside through your back window in LA. I'm very yeah. jealous. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sunny. It's uh, what is the temperature? It's 21 degrees, um, and obviously, yeah, nice and sunny. It's one of the one of the perks of living here, I'm afraid. But yeah, you know, there is some downside, so it's not all all perfect. <laughs> I mean, I'm just currently focusing on the fact that you're wearing a white t-shirt indoors. I'm indoors with my heating all the way up and still have a hoodie on. So that that's what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah, that's that's this one. It, it's funny now. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many years I've lived out here, but um, I, I was home just over Christmas. And, and yeah, it was like an interesting moment because I was like, I'm still not really used to the heat. I'm still quite Scottish in that sense. But I was also like, I feel like I've softened a little bit as well for the cold. So I'm kind of neither neither yeah. adjusted to the heat or actually still still as hard as I was. And uh, I was actually just swimming in the sea the other day and I was like, God, this is freezing. I used to like go in locks when I was in, you know, scouts as a teenager and be fine. Yeah, you, you were absolutely fine. And it's, it is a bit mental. I remember I went to LA and it, it's my, one of my favorite cities in the world. And I came back and bear in mind, I went summertime. I came back to mm-hmm. the hot part of the year in Scotland and I was still, everybody was walking about in shorts and t-shirt and you, you know, Glasgow, everybody's got their tops off as soon as it hits 10 degrees. I'm walking about with yeah. a hoodie on and jeans and that. I was like, I don't like this. Don't like it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, 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 it depends where you are in the city. It's, it's so big here that there, there are some, uh, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm down by the, the coast now and, and it's kind of, a lot more manageable but when you're more in the city it gets like boiling hot and i, I remember one of one of the, the flats i lived in didn't have air conditioning and that was like loathsome oh, for, for the period of time i was there but yeah i don't know i don't know what's worse just being you know freezing cold with eating on or, or just not being able to chill out at all and just kind of trying to stand by your fridge hoping to you know <laughs> kind of cool down wafting no. the freezer door in your face exactly. um, what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, just as a starting off point, is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional one. We'd love a good nativity story. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Well, aside from obviously, you know, the couple of school plays in primary school, which I don't necessarily think we count. Are they not on the spotlight page? Sadly not. No, I mean, of course, in your early days of graduating, you literally put anything on there, <laughs> don't you? Just try and flesh it out and then, and then you can get a bit more selective as you go on. But... 
Um, I, I would, I've always thought my, my big moment with, you know, with knowing what I was going to be doing was, oh, I must have been about 15-ish. I wasn't really like a kind of, you know, stage kid or, or a child actor or anything like that. I was, I was kind of pretty sport mad and, until that point. And then my mum suggested, uh, you know, I give it a try because I think I had quite the imagination. Um, and I went to a summer school at the Bristol Old Vic for two weeks. And it was like one of my first times kind of like, you know, properly away from home. I stayed with some some lady in lodgings. And, and I, I sort of very clearly remember literally by almost the end of the first morning, I was like, right, that is it. I'm going to be an actor. That's it. Decided yeah. uh, nothing else is going to happen. And then God, in and around that, I mean, I think I was also, I, I think I did a drama hire. I think, you know, John Proctor, we did scenes from from The Crucible, you know, the classics, you know, Beth Hamlet stuff. I would say my first professional role um, would be in the crime series Rebus, where I had a kind of small role um, playing uh, the brother alongside Sam Hugh and another, another Scottish actor who's uh, gone on to do rather well. Um, yeah. And that was the sort of first, first time I remember, remember that was that was my first professional job. But um, obviously, yes, sort of school and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, I'm, I'm losing the memory now, so. <laughs> yeah, um, so. while I was doing my research, um, it may be wrong, it has been in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of read that you went to the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Is that correct? Am I? It is, yes. So, yes. So, so the um the random website I found is on the money. One of the things that I love in life and it gives me so much joy are crazy and funny drama school anecdotes because we've all been in those rooms and we know that crazy shit happens. Do you have a favorite funny or crazy drama school anecdote that you can share with us? I've got an absolute belter actually. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, ready. <laughs> So, so in our first year of, or first or second year of drama school, we, we obviously do all, you know, and I'm sure you, you know, did the same, you do all your solo dance and your group dance stuff and, oh. you know, PTSD. Yeah, exactly. And you have to wear, um, you know, your dance tights and your dance belt, which is basically a jock strap and, and, you know, doing all that stuff in in, in, in itself was pretty mortifying exercise, which was basically, we had to dance the emotional journey of a character from a book. So the emotional journey. So you couldn't just also be literal about it. You couldn't be like, oh, I have to like be happy at this point when the character's happy. You know, you had to be interpretive. It was interpretive dance. Long story short, I got I got paired in with this uh, this group of, of people and there was two very quite pious and jobs worth young, young guys. And we were clashing. And anyway, I went through the whole process. We had done all this 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 dance and we were you know getting near to the assessment and this is where it was my fault I uh sort of had a friend in drama school and we we managed to basically go out the night before we were meant to be doing this assessment and got pretty drunk and that was my fault anyway turned up pretty hungover the next day of this assessment and um the the two other people in the group were like look we just don't think you should be in our group this isn't fair on us but like all this lot and i was like oh god okay so i got kicked out of the group and so i was like what 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 do i do and the teacher's like well you can do it on your own so there was me on the day and that's the reason i'm a drama school dropout yeah so i had to create this thing on my own and then one of the guys that had asked me to leave the group basically said, you know, rather kind of with a shit eating grin, shall we say, he was like, do you want me to still do your music for you? And we'd been rehearsing this thing to this, I think it was like Debussy or some kind of like classical piece. And basically their group had gone. Everyone was in a group in the whole year of five. I was the only person on my own. Anyway, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to do this. So I get up 
and the boy presses play, except the music of the classical music that I rehearsed to didn't come on, but it was a song um, by a band called Cooler Shaker, Hush, which I don't know if you remember that. It's, it's maybe a little bit before your time. And it was like a rock and roll song. The guy hadn't rewound the tape, basically. So I just was like, oh. anyway, what happened is I ended up just started dancing. Everyone like fell a bit laughing and they loved it. And then we, I kind of said, like, we're like, stop, 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 stop. And then I actually did the assessment. But it was pretty mortifying that moment of the wrong song playing and having to do it on my own in tights. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was that was scarring. And, and obviously, I've, I've never used that skill or, 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 you know, exercise ever since. But there you go. So... Never danced again. No. This this podcast sort of started for me through learning massive life lessons throughout drama school and eventually dropping out of drama school. What would be the biggest lesson that you learned while you were at drama school? It's it's a really it's, a, it's an interesting question because it's a very kind of you know you know the thing with you know any creative work any any art, artistic work is that it's it's um it's obviously very subjective and I feel like you know teaching it um you know even if it's say you know art school with with literally fine art or or design work. Or, or music it's kind of like you're trying to bottle lightning it's 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 hard to kind of think what I learned from drama school was you know I I was a very you know like I think a lot of like a lot of young guys can be quite like you know I was very instinctual and I was I was a quite good performer and I feel that you know I was sort of torn down quite a lot through my throughout my time there but I think it was once I kind of graduated I think I think it was just having that that toolbox, um, you know, it sounds a bit cliche, but, you know, being able to kind of fall back on various things that you didn't think were that useful at the time, you go, oh, okay, right, well, maybe I can use this approach on this character, or maybe this is this type of project, or, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, it's it's the world now, we, we have video game work, we have motion capture work, we have voice work, we have presenting work, we have so many different strands of, of what you can be doing professionally that I think what I learned from that was that, and I'd say that's on that's on a kind of like a literal level, but I also would say that you know I've learned so many life lessons from 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 it in the sense that I think oh how how would you describe it? I mean I remember I remember being in drama school and there was a real kind of like not hierarchy, but people were like oh that person's good and this person's not good and there's the list yeah and then and then kind of like within about a year or two of graduating that was just all out of the window like it it was very interesting because you know I think. I think drama school is great for teaching you technique, but I think you really learn about being an actor once you graduate and, yeah. and, and you, you will find people who are, and I, and I even, I, I can name, you know, in my head, you know, guys in my year and people who, who, you know, you had people who were, were lazy and were not very talented. You went on to do some great stuff. You had really talented, hardworking people that did nothing professionally. And, you know, so from that angle, drama school is, is sort of like a bit of a, a crapshoot in some ways. I mean, I still sort of err on the side of thinking, yes, it was totally, you know, necessary to do it. But also I do have moments where I've gone, what if I just, you know, maybe started professionally trying to act when I was a teenager and seeing, you know, where that went, you know? Yeah. So they're the two things. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because everybody that listens to this podcast knows I, I, I struggle with the concept of drama schools very much. So... Because uh, I think it's very difficult to, for example, if if I'm your teacher and you perform a monologue, I might think it's great, but the person sitting next to me might think it was shit. How do you then put someone's art into a box that says, yeah, you got 60% on this assessment, you passed? Yeah. Wait, did you go to RSAMD? Was that or whatever it's called? No, I, um, I went to... Right. 
Right. And just had a shit time. You probably know. Uh, I've heard the name. Yeah. I yeah. Don't really know. yeah. Made my life a living hell. Came out of drama yeah. school. Right. So yeah, that's what I struggle with is the lines of, yeah, what you, you might think that my performance was shit, but somebody else will think it's great. So how do you then sit here and then say, well, this is, and I hate calling it art. I hate it. It sounds really wanky and pretentious, but how do you put someone's art in a box and say, this gets this great? I mean, yeah, it's the most sort of, I think one of the best phrases I've heard is it's the most kind of blue collar form of art that that I've come across in some ways. I mean, you know, you could kind of, if you had some kind of sliding scale, you could maybe look at if you're, if you're a choreographer or a dancer or, or even in, into sort of, you know, sculpture or or, or oils or watercolors that is you know almost the high art level whereas ours is it does need a bit of technique I mean but you still have that creative spark and I mean you know that's that's not for me to to kind of to question now at this stage of my career yeah <laughs> this episode of drama school dropout is brought to you by high productions newest stage play this is where we get off. This is where we get off follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant. Her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind. Their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life. And their dog breeding, sex toy selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? You can catch This Is Where We Get Off in Glasgow at the Webster's Theatre on the 21st of April with more dates to be announced. Get your tickets now at www.highproductions.co.uk So keeping on that sort of um, scale of talking about things, we're coming up to graduating season this year now and I'm graduating this year after returning to drama school. But as a professional working actor from Scotland who went through drama school and has made a professional career out of it and you're now living in LA what would be your piece of advice that you would give to everybody graduating in Scotland I mean in the UK as well I just wanted to make it more specific that we, we're claiming you <laughs> well oh god um I th I think drama school is such a, a a little microcosm of life and and I remember like you, you kind of go from one stage of maybe being either university or your local drama groups to to getting into drama school which is like the biggest moment i remember like we you know when i i was, I was fortunate i got accepted to you know a few drama schools but i remember like getting into the one and i was like oh my god this is huge and then when you get into the drama school it is you know it's a huge moment for you and it's also it's a very intense life for for the three years i mean it's not like normal university where you know I remember like my my normal friends were like, oh, I have like one lecture a week and I go in for a day. Like it was Monday to Saturday for me, like all day. And and I think from that, it's easy to kind of like lose sight of the bigger world around you. And I think again, you know, you you're almost sort of got this 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 hierarchy in your in your head already at the end of graduation where you're like, oh, this person's good, that person isn't good. Where do I fit? Where do I do this? And I think people get signed early. I, I think people can get signed late. I, I would just say, you know, and I, I think I took this from like Daniel Craig he sort of said, look, you know, you, you just got to play your own game. And you if you start worrying about other people, you're going to, you know, blow off your own course sort of thing, as in you're, you'll be blown off your own course, sorry. So I would say, you know, the classic things of don't panic, don't worry about other people. If you don't have an agent by the time you graduate, don't worry.
f- fun question now to um, bring the mood back up after talking about rejection and everything. And it's something that I love to ask just because I love to, it sometimes introduces me to new actors. If you were booked to do one month in the West End in a two-person show and the producer just came to you and said, listen, we've got enough money that everything's covered, your wages are covered, but we just don't have you a co-star. And you can pick anyone that's alive and, and an actor. Who would you want to be your co-star in that one month run? Oh, good question. I would say just because she's one of my best friends, I think she's a phenomenal actor. We actually did our second showcase together. We, we had two showcases. And, and fortunately, we were both signed by the time we had our second one in. So we, we did this really... Um, crazy Scottish piece that was it was either written in like Doric or, or something crazy anyway um one of my best friends is a phenomenal Scottish actor um she's just recently been on um the HBO series called The Nevers um she also has a role in the the new um Christian Stewart um Diana Spencer film she she's in that she is just she's just been phenomenally strong uh she was in a movie it's got you know she's one of those actual you know we were in drama school and, and there was only like i think three or four scots in my year so we all kind of stuck together and, and 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 she's one of those ones that you know she is phenomenally talented but she's also a lovely person and she she works hard so you you kind of you have to be, be very happy for her to, for how well yeah. she's done I would say I would say her or or maybe if we're going to go mega star, I would say Vincent Cassel, the French actor, because he's always I think he's always, you know, made me. Yeah, he's great to watch. <laughs> yeah. My Internet cut, just as you said, your friend's name. What was her name again? Just because it oh, won't be recorded. Uh, no, uh, Amy Manson. Like, everybody so, go and check her out. Follow her on she Instagram. Is, yes. She is, she is. She is a fantastic person and a fantastic actor and she's got a great range. So. I would definitely recommend uh, checking out her work. And for everyone listening, as per usual, when we come to this question every week, my answer is still Catherine Tate. Please go and tag me in her Instagram comments and ask her to come on the podcast because <laughs> I bloody love her. Um, yeah, Catherine Tate for me all day. She, she, uh, she spoke at my graduation. Oh, I, genuinely. I know I'd look like a piece of shit next to her and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, that's no, it's not. Well, it's not about looking like a piece of shit. I mean, as long as you mean, do you mean visually or do you mean talent wise or both? <laughs> both. She, she, no, she was, she went to my drama school actually. And she had, she did a really great speech. And I think she, she seems like a really great lady, great performer. And she again is a great advertisement of, you know, I think she got a lot of kind of comments about being an overnight success when she was like, no, that was about 10 years of pretty much nothing. So yeah, great inspiration if you don't fly up the blocks from drama school, you know? No, one of my favourite actresses, I grew up with the Catherine Tate show. Like, and I know that she is 10 times the actor I am. Very aware of it, very at peace with that. So I mm-hmm. know that whoever's coming to this two-person show the reviews are going to be Catherine Tate's good, but that kid she's on stage with, bit shit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm well, at peace with that. I'm at peace yeah, with it. Good. I'm ready good. for it. Um, but what I want to talk to uh, talk to you about now is something that I imagine a lot of our listeners will know you for, and that's Hollyoaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you played Lockie Campbell. You were an extension of the McQueen mob that I saw ever-present and apparently never-ending because... New ones are popping up all the time. Um, 
what was the audition process like for Hollyoaks, for you at least? Um, well, weirdly enough, it was um, the, the one thing I never wanted to do. Um, I, I, I sort of, when I signed with, I think it was my first or second agent, they were like, well, you know, you, you do the kind of chat and say, you know, what are you interested in doing? I said, oh, the one thing I'm probably not really fussed about is, is soap work. It's just, I mean, nothing against it. It's just not really what I like. And I remember it was very funny because my agent, I was, I was filming another job and then my agent who is no longer my agent, he's a good guy, but anyway, he kind of set it up that he sort of set me up with a, with a voice thing saying, Oh, you got this thing. And he knew I couldn't cancel it in time. Anyway, I kind of, as I believe you should always do is, you know, I, I learned all the, all the sides, um, in an evening and, and turn up the next day. And I, I obviously, like I say, I didn't really, you know, necessarily want to do it, but I, I was professional as I believe you should be. In, and, I, and I just enjoy the act, the actual audition process, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, you need, you need to, you know, on a side, you know, just even if it's a role you don't like, or you're not going to get, or you're not suited for, you just got to fall in love with the audition process, especially you've got to fall in love with self tapes because you've got that's that's the enjoyment you will largely get as an actor is enjoying the audition process and not focusing on the result anyway um did it all and then the next day after they called back saying oh he's not got the job and i was like okay cool like we don't usually get told we don't have a job that's weird and then they said but we want to write uh, oh sorry i went for the role of my brother um who was cameron i think it was, yeah cameron yeah he, 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 was his name yeah because sure the was. actor is my friend Cameron, and I was like, "He's Cameron playing Cameron, I think." Anyway, so um, anyway, they, they call back saying we actually want to write a role for Nick specifically to be the brother of this guy. So it wasn't really the regular audition process. So I ended up actually, you know, still being slightly skeptical. If I'm being honest, I was like, "Okay, I'll go up to Liverpool," and I sat in the writers' room for a week and came out with all these. You know interesting things and i i think um you know a lot of soap characters can be drawn in quite primary colors they they're very much you know goody baddie this that and the other and i actually tried to you know create a character that was very ambiguous and very uh had a lot of gray areas to it and so we sat and, and we sort of created this character and and, and you know like i say we, we kind of tried to make it that he wasn't you know a goodie or a baddie it wasn't this it wasn't that he was kind of many things to many people and he had a kind of like he was kind of polyamorous he was quite a chameleon he could be a tough guy he could be a joker he could be quite sensitive he could do all these things and, and that was the process so I mean I didn't really have to jump through a lot of hoops to get the role it was kind of made for me and you know in that way so yeah it was, it was a nice it was a nice feeling yeah that's not something you can really say no to right off the bat is it we want to write him a character it was, you know, if any anyone does that for you, you know, even if you, you like I say, you're not a, an avid fan of, of, of the show or have you, it was a very unique situation and, and one that, you know, I'm very, very lucky to, to have. Obviously, you mentioned Cameron there. And the last Hollyoaks question I'm going to ask you, do you have a favourite sort of behind the scenes moment? Because everybody knows all the iconic storylines. I think you ended up getting killed by your brother. If my memory serves me correctly, you had a gay love affair with your cousin's uh, yeah. wife's cousin but we all know all that like what is there anything that you particularly stick out from like behind the scenes that we wouldn't have seen uh, I mean I think I think I, again you know we were we were really fortunate we had the whole train crash wedding thing that introduced my character and and, and 20 my 
my on-screen wife and I don't know if it was like a bit behind the scenes thing but I remember like you know jumping off a, a burning train in my kilt was was quite an amazing moment that I will be very you know I'll cherish that was that was you know talk, not so much about the iconic sets of the place but that moment of like jumping off a train with a kilt when I was like that was quite badass that was good Another question that I always like to ask, and it, it, it can be from anything you've ever done. What's your favorite line of dialogue that you've ever gotten to say? Oh, my God. Um, Doesn't have to be because people have asked me this before and have been shocked yeah. by my answer. Because my favorite line of dialogue I've ever got to say is that is this a dagger which I see before me? Yes. It was more. It wasn't the fact that that's a great line or anything to say. It was more. It was my final year of college. I had finally proven mm. myself that I was being a good actor and could lead a company and do a good role. And that's one of like the, one of my best, best lines. So I was just sort of like, yeah, that's mine because it was a lot of, it had nothing to do with the show really. It was more of a reflection of my, a reflection of the progression of my ability as an actor. Yeah. It's, it, it was the context of it rather yeah. than the itself. Uh, yeah. That I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think, uh, yeah, and that, that's that's interesting because I think, you know, I'm trying to remember, you know, the, there's just, yeah, there's lots of moments where you're like, oh, wow, like that was cool. But then the lines, yeah, I mean, there's there's been some lines where, I mean, and it, again, you know, because I've sort of slightly dabbled a little bit, tiny, tiny, tiny baby steps into directing. I remember there was actually one, there was one scene in, in actually Hollyoaks where Twinny was, who was, Porsche we we were kind of opposite each other and they, they laid down a really nice track shot and it was just like she was being mad at me for something and I just kind of swooped in there and I just she, she came in was just trying to still be mad at me I was like just kiss me and I was just like it was just the shot was a, one of those moments where I was like that's gonna look great on screen but yeah. then I think I think I think one of my first sort of like um I I, I did a guest star in NCIS um and and it was like, yeah, and and I, and I remember, and again, I couldn't even tell you what the line was, but like, just I was in this like mansion in Malibu, and I was like, fuck, this is incredible! Like, I can't yeah. believe I finally, after all the hoops I jumped through to get to where that that moment in my life, I was like, this is, this is incredible. This is this was a real, you know vindication of of the the this the strife and, and difficulty it's taken for me to get there so that that was i couldn't even tell you the line but that was a good moment yeah but would you dance in tights and a dance belt again to do that again in the mansion of malibu exactly exactly in a, in a heartbeat in a heartbeat yeah, <laughs> makes it I mean, all worth it, it. you can now become an official drama school dropout we're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. Um, we've come to the part of um, the podcast, which I love. It's my favorite part now, and it's a game, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. So essentially, there are three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and they've been sent in by our listeners. 
and everybody listening knows where to go if they have a story that they want to submit. And one is a big fat lie that has been made up by one of our producers. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope so we can play along together. Favourite things in the world. I tell these when I'm drunk, on nights out. Some of them are great, but also some of them are really grim. So it's just, it's our job to find out which one is the lie. Number one, I was working a theatre job and it was a three month run. Quite quickly, one of the other girls pissed me off. So I just got into the habit of stopping the microwave with three seconds to go every time. It drove her fucking mental. (laughs) Number two, I recently had to teach a 70-year-old woman how to blow up a condom, the joys of being an assistant director. Number three, during my industry showcase week, one of the boys in my class tested positive for COVID, but didn't tell anyone because he didn't want his showcase to be ruined. Six of my classmates tested positive the next day. Mm. I hope number three is, but I feel like that's something that would be done. Yeah. I'm going to say that number one's quite tame with the microwave. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds fairly, yeah, that's that's very tame. So so we've got to decide which ones are true and false, basically. So is one's it? a lie. Two are true, one's a lie. We just need oh, to decide. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go for, um, no, number two is a lie, and number one and three are true so you think the con i'm gonna go for number one just with the because i think it's tame and i mean i I could find better ways to piss people off than Mm. just leaving a microwave so we'll we'll have opposing opinions and number three so it was the covid one that was the false one yeah so the covid one oh well that's that's kind of a relief i'm yeah i'm happy about yeah i guess that because that is yeah that's that's seriously shitty but that (laughs) would be a real conundrum especially when you're like this is the hugest part of my three-year drama school you know journey and then yeah um i would be not surprised if someone would still do it well i know because i've just had my showcase in the end of january i know because ours is like the ba actors and the ba musical theater so we basically do mm. two different shows, but they run like one after another. I know one of the girls on the music the, the musical theatre course, she did test positive for COVID. And I know that our uni are really great about it. And they got the same people who professionally recorded the live show to come in and record her solo, her scenes or whatever. So she only missed out on the sort of live aspect of it, which yeah. I mean... Nobody in my class has had an agent offer yet, so I don't know if she's missed out on too much. Maybe it was good that she got the week yeah. off and got to relax. Um, <laughs> what's what's coming up for you next? Where can people come and see you? Are you doing any live stuff, any TV shows coming out that you're allowed to talk about? Um, I'm actually doing um, some voice work at the minute um, for something I'm not allowed to say, which I have to sign some very... Um, yeah. You know, big uh ndas and so forth but um yeah that that is that is the main thing on the horizon in terms of i mean obviously you know i'm i'm missing theater like crazy um but i'm i'm, I'm in the land of not theater um yeah. i mean i'm actually um i've got i've i've sort of got a rep in new york and i'm kind of well god this was on the table like late 20 20- <laughs> Late 2019, I was like, I'm I'm gonna go to New York for for a, for a little while and, and and do some 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 Broadway meetings, and then that that obviously got shelved. So I, I I do believe we're kind of still slightly finding ourselves, as in terms of finding our feet back into to the, to the industry. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just sort of focusing on on the voice work at the minute, and just other than that, you know, I'm I'm kind of doing the auditions and, and you know I, I'm, I'm one of these people like until it's literally on the screen or or you know whatever I I uh, 
sort of tense stage stream just because it's easier that way. I have I have done roles where it, they've been snipped away. So that's that's uh, you learn. It's it's sort of like a badge of honor, I think, with actors, especially in Hollywood. You're like, I've just been in this, and then everyone watches it, and you're like, you weren't in it. And I'm like, yeah, embarrassed. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's. I'll, I'll obviously, um, you know, I'm not a huge social media person, but I do post anything I get on that. Where can everyone sort of keep up to date with what you're doing? And <laughs> um, oh, what is my Instagram, Mister Nick Reese? I've the got them wrote down in front of me. Thank you. Um, I, I would say that's the only one I, I vaguely use. You're also on Cameo, so anybody that wants oh, a, yeah. a lovely video message, they can go along to Cameo, and the links will be down in the show notes below, and you can well give um, some money out, and you can get a lovely, you can get Nick to say happy birthday to you if you want. Or yeah. I, I don't know how open you are to requests. They might. Whatever, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> I wouldn't say whatever. I wouldn't say <laughs> yeah, Maybe not, maybe you, not. You will yeah. get some, you'll get some weird requests. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely to chat with you and it's so lovely to have somebody else Scottish on the podcast because I, I get knocked back from quite a few Scottish people. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I think it's because no, I've got I, the English accent and claim that I'm Scottish, but I promise I was born in Glasgow. Yes, yeah, so, but you, you English parents. So my mum's from London, my dad's from Newcastle. Uh, I don't know how they ended up in Glasgow. Right, yeah. It's it's also, I mean, I guess that'll be the accent thing, but also Edinburgh is quite, it's it's so funny, especially in America, people are like, you don't sound, you know, don't sound Scottish. And they have a really twisted, fucked up conception of what a Scottish accent is. And, you know. I've been watching Still Game too much. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons, yeah. like, which, which is not even a good Scottish accent. No, no, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I think I'm very, you know, I'm very proud to be a Scottish actor. And, um, you know, even though I'm not there, I think, you know, that the absence makes the heart grow fonder. And if there's anything tiny that I can impart, art through my experience and it helps someone or makes sense of it for someone I'm always wanting to do that because you know we don't get enough guidance and it is a really hard job to get guidance from because it's such a personal thing for every person you know it's not any other job in the world where you're like it's going to be like a b and c we can have like a z p q it's such such a strange, strange job. But like you said, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So if you're ever back in Glasgow, um, first round of drinks are on me. Um, but then what I always say is you're the working actor, so all the other rounds are on you. Fair play. No, no I will. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm, I've just got, I'm, I'm getting married in May. Uh, and once all that is 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 squared off, I mean, my my fiance, she's American and, and um, we were in Edinburgh over over like Christmas and New Year for the first time. And I, I was almost like, this is amazing. But we had that, again, the Omicron surge, so everything shut down. And I was like, I've got to bring you back in the summertime because it's a different city, you know, and it's a different... You also have there. to do Glasgow. I do, yeah. yeah. Well, I, did break, I have to break her into Edinburgh and we can, we can you know, go more hardcore with Glasgow. But no, I, yes. I, haven't, been, I haven't been in Glasgow for years and, and definitely want to be it's there. It's changed. Summer, so. It's not I changed. Know. It's the exact same. Shops are still in the exact same place. It's quite grim when you think about it, really. But I will <laughs> let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on and chat with me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of that lovely weather because it's about to snow here. Oh, really? No, I'm, I'm about to go into my spare room and record an audition. So, yeah, it's it's still working day for me. But, yeah, but it was lovely chatting. And, yes, and thank all you so much. And stay in touch.
And there we have it. Another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 74, completed the very first episode of Double Drama School Dropout 2022, completed. Remember, we now have episodes on our normal day, Tuesday, and a brand new extra special episode every Saturday in April to celebrate my birthday because I'm so obnoxious and so self-conceited that I need to make not just one day, but the entire month about me. Thank you so much to Nick for coming on the podcast. I genuinely had the best time with you. And make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And maybe even book a cheeky little cameo from Nick. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know, and it's free. So why bloody not and remember to subscribe to drama school dropout so you get notified every time a new episode drops and if you have a story for stage right or stage shy as per usual please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and please remember all of the other cool stuff that you can do as well if you are free and able to please pop along to the webster's theater on the 21st of april 2022 for my directorial debut of this is where we get off that i wrote with heather spiden we are almost sold out which is absolutely mental thank you so much to everybody who's bought tickets if there are still tickets left please feel free to come along and you can get tickets from www.highproductions.co.uk And also, remember, you can become an official Drama School Dropout now. And if you fancy exclusive benefits that nobody else can get unless you're a Drama School Dropout, head over to our Patreon for all of that. That's down in the show notes below. You can get early access to episodes, help me decide which episodes come out next, and get exclusive content that nobody else can get from episodes. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I have been your resident drama school dropout and I'll be back again next week on Tuesday with episode 75 with an actress who was one of our favourite schoolgirls of all time. So please make sure to come back. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama school dropout No graduation day Don't you hold course, now try something new Trying to scoot low